we want the community to be partners with us in law enforcement. We want you to decide what a community is comfortable with. You are now connected with Enclave for Entrepreneurs at O'Hare International Airport in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Enclave O'Hare, the local to global learning and earning center for entrepreneurs and their influencers. For our September 2021 Masterclass in Metacognition here at Enclave for Entrepreneurs in Elk Grove Village, we welcome Police Chief Charles Walsh. Chief Walsh's depth of understanding of the current and optimal relationships between and among leaders of businesses, nonprofit organizations, municipalities, public safety resources, and other types of enterprises adds greater value to his ever-increasing command of the latest and greatest technologies and methodologies associated with expected and unexpected demands on all minds, hearts, and bodies during crisis, chaos, and other situational or societal combustion we all must effectively navigate. Listen in as Chief Walsh shares his insights with us. Chief, can you, uh, for, for our listeners, introduce yourself and, and please give us some some background, too, on, on your career. Sure. And uh, thank you for inviting me here tonight, Scott. Uh, my name is Chief Chuck Walsh. I'm with the Elk Grove Village Police Department. Uh, been with the police department in Elk Grove Village for the past 30 years. Before that, I was a U.S. Air Force, uh, served overseas in Korea, and I was a, a security police officer in there. So I've always been in law enforcement, uh, whether it was in the military or uh, in Elk Grove Village. I uh, started my career again in 1991 as a crime prevention officer and patrol officer, um, became a sergeant, uh, worked on the midnight shift for many years, and again, uh, was uh, lucky enough and fortunate enough to uh, make my way up through the ranks to uh, be promoted to chief in 2016. So. That's the brief history of Chief Walsh. And now you're sitting here talking with us. Yeah, it's the <laughs> highlight of my uh, day is uh, getting to uh, come here to Enclave and discuss uh, our public and private partnerships. That is awesome. And that and that was definitely the topic of tonight. Before we go too into that, too much into that, thank you for your service. Thank you. Greatly appreciate, appreciate, appreciate that. that. Thank you. So we're, as you mentioned, we're at Enclave, right? And we're all about... Um, you know, entrepreneurs here, and you talked a lot tonight about the need for public-private partnership, these groups working together um, really to innovate to, to, at the end of the day, help make communities better. Um, and I think just kind of set the foundation uh, for our listeners, what, what does that mean to you? Right. So um, I, I, tonight we were discussing the evolution of law enforcement for the next 5, 10, 15 years, and uh, kind of what Traditional policing has been up to this point, focused on arrests and maintaining uh, safe communities. Um, but tonight we discussed a paradigm shift where there's new patterns evolving uh, that create opportunities for entrepreneurs uh, to provide services to the community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and when you think about how to really make, how, how can these groups kind of make these communities better? You mentioned the changing world 
can we talk a bit about some of these uh, things that you kind of mentioned that are these kind of wholesale changes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what we're going through right now, we have that COVID-19 pandemic has changed a lot of our social institutions, our businesses, our schools. Uh, what I'm intimately familiar with is the courts, jails, and uh, law enforcement. Uh, it's amazing to me how we've shifted our whole uh, work environment away from uh, downtown Chicago, for instance, and people are now working out of their homes. Children are no longer in the schools. They're, work, uh, they're doing their schoolwork at homes. Um, and we see into people's lives. Uh, and then there's been uh, different types of uh, crimes that have uh, been created because of the pandemic. You know, we have people that are refusing to wear masks that are, we're being, law enforcement's being called over to our uh, businesses to try and, and settle those. And Again, a pandemic has really changed uh, what the way we've we've done business. Uh, one of the uh, things that I brought up earlier is, you know, generally when you call nine one one and request the police officer, uh, they'll show up at your house uh, fairly quickly, uh, maybe make a report, provide some sort of services. But with the pandemic, we uh, went to an online model for uh, property type crimes, not violent crimes. We always respond to those. Uh, but it was interesting that we essentially were doing police reports over the phone or even over the internet, which is something that generally we hadn't done before. Right. And you talked, one of the things that was interesting to me that you brought up, uh, you, you talked about a myriad of them and you gave a lot of really good examples, but uh, can you talk a little bit about the internet of things? Yeah, right. So uh, we, we were discussing the internet of things and uh, we had, had mentioned that there's crimes that uh, are going to start occurring that we really uh, haven't experienced yet. And the, uh, the example I gave was, I have a thermostat at home uh, that I can control by my wireless phone. And I gave the example that imagine on some July morning when it's 105 degrees out and I got my air conditioning set, I leave to go to work and some hacker comes in and changes it, uh, shuts the air off, turns the heat on to 90 degrees in my house and I have an animal that uh, expires. Uh, you know, that's animal abuse. How is that uh, then going to be investigated uh, your typical way of a you know an investigator or an officer following up is now going to involve uh, someone that hacked into a system, and I may need uh, someone with IT expertise in that area to help us solve that crime. So these are the type of uh, with new technology, uh, new ways that uh, criminals will expose or uh, you know create issues for our public. Yeah, you talked about and kind of rolling into what you just mentioned about kind of the future with. Um, you know, the talent, right, of, of the next generation of folks that are getting involved. And you'd mentioned things like gig workers and the need for their expertise. Can you, you yeah. know, talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in law enforcement, uh, generally you have a sworn investigator or an officer that investigates a crime, prepares a report, takes it to our uh, state's attorney. Uh, then it goes to trial with the state's attorney then um, interviewing the officer. Um, as we get more and more diverse with technology and social media, we can't be expertise in all of that. So there's going to be a demand for gig workers or freelance workers to come in that have some expertise in these different areas, IT, video, forensics, for, in, uh, for instance, that can help us with these specialized investigations. And uh, again, it'll, it'll be a gig work. We might bring them in for a couple cases, and, and that's kind of the relationship that they'll have. Uh, and you'll have the investigator still... Uh, put a completed case together, uh, but certainly we'll have a, a great demand for the use of gig workers or freelance folks uh, 
uh, to come in and help us with those type of specialized investigations. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as the world evolves in general, right? Business is hiring gig workers more and more. Like, why would law enforcement or government be any different, right? Just cut, bring in folks with specialized expertise when there's a specific need. Yeah, and the nice thing about that is, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, obviously they'd be compensated for it, but you're working on something that better uh, betters your community as well. I mean, I know a lot of IT uh, folks that like working on projects, uh, but they go out of their way when it, when it uh, serves a greater good. And uh, I think that's really where there'll be a great demand for those folks. That's great. You had mentioned, and I want to go back to this, um, you know, talking about social media, and there's certainly challenges that that poses, but then also opportunities for, for law enforcement and for public-private partnerships. Can you share on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we kind of uh, talked about our traditional and versus virtual communities. Social media uh, involves a lot with the virtual community. And what I mean by that is a traditional community, you know, are those um, – hard structures that are in a, in a, in a community, your, your businesses, your uh, schools, your, um, you know, interfaith councils, uh, your religious folks. Uh, those are people that actually reside in your community traditionally. Right. Well, yeah, you have these virtual communities of people that uh, often criticize and maybe uh, uh, post stuff that have never even been to your community. And as a law enforcement dealing with social media, you have to identify those for, uh, folks and address them. You can't ignore them because, again, we had discussed that nowadays when we have incidents uh, that happen that um, these go from a local to a national uh in, in seconds, and the ramifications for a community can be last, lasting. So again, what used to take uh, hours or days for law enforcement or governments to release information now has to be done uh, for in minutes. You know, using Twitter or uh, other online apps to help get the the facts out. Absolutely, and then you mentioned that there can be some value in that. Yeah, speaking directly to the community. Right. Absolutely. Uh, in in uh, times past, we would often uh, do a press release, uh, send it off to your local um, news agencies, and then they would craft a story on that. Now, law enforcement and governments able to put the, those facts out themselves, and uh, and the important facts, and not generate uh, a story that may be uh, you know sensationalized. Uh, you know, back to the. Uh, you know, Jack uh, Webb back in the day, just the facts, ma'am, getting those facts out right. quickly to the community. That's what they want. Absolutely. And it helps keep everybody safe. Um, talked a lot about technology and the different technologies that are coming out or could be uh, used, you know, to help with law enforcement. Can you talk about some of your, your favorites? Yeah. So uh, we had mentioned that in the state of Illinois, uh, all your um, police uh, departments are going to be mandated to have body worn cameras. Uh, so there's great opportunity there for companies, and not just for the cameras or the physical structure themselves, but redaction software, uh, training opportunities, education there. Uh, so body-worn cameras is something that we're all going to be seeing uh, pretty shortly in this state. Uh, license plate readers, you know, in the state of Illinois and our Chicago land area, uh, we hear a lot about um, highway shootings. Uh, I know the Illinois State Police will be installing license plate readers on our highways. And what's interesting about that is we can attract those offenders so that we know when those vehicles are coming in and out of our community and hopefully be able to place officers in positions that they'd be able to uh, stop those from occurring in communities and we'll stop that spread of that violence that's occurring in our highways. 
Um, we also talked about cell phones. You know, everybody carries a cell phone nowadays, and there's huge amount of data, uh, uh, privacy issues that you have. Um, and of course, every time that you go by a cell tower, uh, you're being tracked by the cell tower and the um, the cell companies. Uh, so you know, all that data is out there as well. Um, and so that's very interesting uh, to see what kind of stuff that uh, you know we'll we'll be willing to share not only as citizens, but with the government. Um, and, and those decisions are made by corporations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that John uh, Dallas, the CEO of Enclave, talks about often is how, you know, a business kind of really does start in your head, right? It's, it's, it's an idea. Um, and then, you know, true, true entrepreneurs are the ones who eventually act on that. But if you're somebody in the community, current entrepreneur, or just somebody with a really great idea for law enforcement, for protecting the community, what would you recommend? What would be some things that they, you know, steps they should take to, to kind of get the ball rolling? So uh, great question. And uh, so here's one of the um, things I didn't mention in my talk upstairs, that for any member in the community, uh, if you've got an idea about uh, public safety, we do what's known as citizen police academies. The fire department does a fire academy, and our public works department will be doing a public works academy in October. Very cool. Yeah, and so you can go online uh, through elkgrove.org, look for the uh, the application, and you can apply. And what's really neat about that, you get to see for eight weeks what a police officer does. You go up to the 911 center. You'll get to see what a firefighter does, what an EMT does if you go through the fire academy. And the public works, you'll get to see how they figure out plowing and how they figure out uh, sewer repair and uh, assisting the trees and, and collections and all that stuff. And what's neat about that is if you have some ideas or some experience that you don't have to be a public works, a police officer, a firefighter, but you'll see what they go with. And because you're on the outside, sometimes you have insight that us as people that are in the field, so to speak, we miss. And right. so that would be my recommendation. You know, if you have an opportunity, sign up for one of those. Um, and then uh, I think you'd be amazed at um, the um, type of technology and ideas that can come from something, uh, participating in something like that. Absolutely. Any other uh, any other parting words for our uh, our listeners or anything else you'd like to mention? Yeah, um, again, we just kind of forecasted where law enforcement and technology are going and how our private public partnerships will work. Um, but it was kind of like being a, a weather forecaster. Uh, it's subject to change, right. and, and it's for good reasons, right? We want the community to be partners with us in law enforcement. We want you to decide what a community is comfortable with. Each community can be different and have different standards. Uh, but I think that what we really stress is um, as long as we use the tools that are developed to improve our communities, uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, what the community finds acceptable is what I think we need to do. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, finding the right talent, you know, sworn and civilian partnerships, uh, the, the use of gig um, uh Gig workers is going to be a, a game changer for us. And then, of course, you know, the culture of our community. You know, we what we try to do in law enforcement is find positive ways uh, to figure things out and to address uh, the values of a community. And, you know, we're all members of the same community. So uh, the ideas that you may have uh, can uh, bring out solutions that we may not have thought of. So it's a partnership. And it's a very exciting that, uh, you know, forecasting uh, services might be a bit tricky, but I'm confident that our private and public par partnerships uh, will be able to address our community concerns in the future.
Yep, absolutely. And I think there's a uh, place at 75 Turner Avenue they might be able to bring their ideas and uh, nurture and grow them here in Elk Grove Village. Scott, you're absolutely right. This place is one of the best kept secrets, unfortunately, in our northwest suburbs. I often speak about uh, when I come here, I always leave with something more. You know, I feel that I try to give something with a talk, but I'm always walking out of here. I feel like I gained more than I gave and uh, just a great place to be. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I'll tell you, I've, I've been, you know, uh, volunteering at Enclave for a while now in Elk Grove Village. And it's very cool to see consistently the police and fire department coming here, getting involved and uh, how excited you guys are about this community and, and really all the possibilities that uh, can happen here and in the, the greater, you know, uh, Chicago region. So um, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing everything. And um, thank you for keeping us safe. All right. Thanks, Scott. Great job. Thanks. There you have it. The future of public safety is no different than the challenges the business community faces, a rapidly changing and quickly evolving environment. By bringing together the brightest minds in the public and private sector, we can create and grow solutions that keep our community safe. From John Dallas Jr., CEO of Enclave, thanks for listening, and please join us on the third Wednesday of every month for a masterclass in metacognition.